I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Never seen the sky so blue. It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. Good morning, and thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you, but we are joined this morning by Liz Hamilton. And it is such a beautiful day, and I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm getting super excited about starting some planting. And so we have on the line with us this morning Marjorie Ross from Willard Bay Gardens. And Marjorie, thanks for joining us this morning. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for asking me. So. We were excited to to see if you have some new things or unusual perennials that are coming out this year. What have you got for us? Yeah, I we've got some new things. I mean, new to me that I'm really excited about. Um, we the we love sedums and hens and chicks. You know those kind of things, sempervivums. And um, they've got a great series called Chick Charms. If you haven't checked it out before. Hmm. Um, and they have some fun ones, fun names, but fun colors too, like Sugar Shimmer, Gold Nugget, Butterscotch Baby, Lotus Blossom. Those are some of the ones we have this year. They also have what they're calling a Super Simp, which is actually the the Simp itself, the hen, could possibly get up to eight inches in a growing season. So that's it's like supposed to be really big, which I think would be a good standout. Anyway, it's going to be awesome to see. And the what variety we have is jade. It's kind of green with a little bit of pink in the throat. Um, but that's kind of fun for your rock gardens, these um, cool sempervivums. Um, cut flower gardens are really big right now, and I feel like people are kind of moving towards putting more perennials in instead of doing quite so many annuals just so they don't have to keep replanting and one of the ones that um, we've had last year and this year is a Rubecchia, and it's called Sahara. Um, it's kind of biennial. It's seeds, but it would be great for those um, people who are doing their own cut flower flower farming. Um, the colors are fantastic on it. It comes out kind of a yellow, and it fades to oranges, and, and it's supposed to have all the colors of the sunset. So I'm really excited so about that. We sold out quick last year. 
What's that? The other name for the Rebecca would be a black-eyed Susan. Right, right. Rebecca heard a, a black-eyed Susan, Sahara, or Sahara, however you say, like the desert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, that one's super fun. Um, and it can handle being on the little bit drier side. Like the Rubecchias, of course, echinaceas are always fun. And my favorite one lately has been the playful meadow mama. That's the coneflowers, echinacea. Mm-hmm. Um, so super fun there for your dry gardens. Um, we have a Heliopsis this year that it's a proven winners. It's called Bit of Honey. And the foliage, I'm a foliage fan. I Flowers are great, but I love foliage you know like if you can get something different that just adds a whole new dimension and it you know you don't have to have flowers can't whatever um but this heliopsis has like almost white and green veining in the foliage um and it's the blooms are semi-double but they're like pretty good size for heliopsis three three and a half inches wide um it's got a nice compact tight habit not like all over it could be in the middle of the garden kind of thing. Um, but I'm really excited about that. The foliage is going to be awesome in it. Um, there's also a phlox, and these guys are both for, you know, your sun, sunny beds. Um, a phlox paniculata, which is your garden phlox, your taller ones. And it's called Olympus, and it's got the variegated foliage too. Um, it almost has some, the new growth almost has some, pink rosy color to it and then it's got the green and cream colored foliage Um, the blooms are a rosy pink anyway it's going to be kind of a fun like I said I love foliage so give me fun foliage yeah I'm Um, looking at that one online right now as you're as you're bringing them up and it that one's absolutely beautiful yeah kind of a fun I think it'll be exciting Um, another one that proven winners does great with their like new like constantly on the cutting edge of finding something new that's reliable um they've got a new astilbe out this year that's called dark side of the moon um got a chocolatey red foliage kind of like some of the darker heucheras coral bells that you see um pink blooms it's about a 20 22 24 inch tall heuchera but i think it's going to be I think it's just going to be fun. It's just starting to come out right now foliage-wise um, in the greenhouse. And I, like I said, I love the dark. I love the dark heucheras, even though sometimes in the shade they don't always pop as much as you want them to. But um, I think with that pink bloom, it's going to be a nice contrast. And that will still be. Liz has been um, Googling just as fast as you've been telling us these and bringing them up. And they are so beautiful. All of the plants Aren't that you've selected fun? so far are fun and just have beautiful color. Um, and the ones that you uh, talked about, the leaves, the foliage, are incredible as well. Go ahead. I yeah, didn't mean to interrupt. I'm, We're just kind of no, uh, looking <laughs> as you're going along, and they really are really fantastic. You know, because I'm kind of like everybody plants a Carl Forrester, right? Carl Forrester grasses. Well, if you can put in like an overdam or an avalanche or something that's got some cream or some variegation, I just think I just love the way it changes things. Um, one of my other favorite sun plants are Coreopsis, and I know a lot of people are familiar with them and use them. They're always coming out with some new 
sun um, ones. My favorite one right now is Double the Sun, Coryopsis. Um, kind of a marigold look to it. You know, it stays kind of, it's not the shorty one, but it's maybe 10, 12 inches, but has a marigold bloom to it and just happy. I just feel like it's so happy out there and it just blooms. Coryopsis are so good, just blooming all summer long. Um, my other favorite Coryopsis is the Big Bang Polaris. And it has the typical Coryopsis bloom, but it's white, kind of a creamy white. Ooh. And mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of that one. Um, so a Big Bang Polaris on that one. It's a little bit taller. It might be more like two, two and a half feet tall. Um, but so fun. So fun. Um, if I'm going to plug a grass, though, and, and these have been out a little while, but the Mullenbergia, we call it muley grass, the ruby, <clears throat> our favorite grass, hands down. It's it's green in the you know summer when it comes up, and it's kind of a little bit of cascading, not super tall, maybe. super soft too, very soft. Yeah, looking. it's kind of that soft look. But when it blooms in the fall, and when those um, inflorescence turn that airy pink color oh my gosh everybody just comments about it and it's not one you want to cut down you want to, <laughs> you want to leave, leave it. it if the snow doesn't cover it right <laughs> and so just to um and it's also one of the ones that i know you've probably talked or um, heard of local scapes it's one of the ones that they would recommend too for even your dry um, gardening area so um, i think it's super fun too, as far as grasses are concerned. So, well, Marjorie, anyway, that's you've some of the given ones us uh, just some really beautiful, new and unique uh, plants and water-wise plants, really, to talk yeah. about and get excited about. Yeah. Um, one more, if I can interrupt. We've kind of, we didn't used to do very much um, shrubs and trees, but we've kind of got into a little bit more of those. And one that we, and it maybe has been around a couple of years, but to us is a chiltalpa. And it's a, it's a cross between a chilopsis, which is the desert willow, and a catalpa, which people know, recognize the name catalpa tree. This one stays more on a desert willow size, like 8 feet, 8 to 10 feet tall. But it has those fun orchid blooms, which I think are just amazing. You know, it just kind of comes out with these beautiful blooms out of this willow-looking foliage, you know. Um, the, this chel- the chel- oh, I can't say it. Chiltalpa El Nino is the name of, that we have, so it's a little bit smaller one. It, um, the leaves are coming out less willowy and a little bit wider, depending on how the willows have that tiny leaf to them. It's a zone six to nine, so you'd have to be careful. You might not be able to do it over in the in the colder valleys but um anyway i'm kind of excited about that they have such a long bloom the desert willows have such a long bloom time and the flowers are so interesting that i'm really excited about well the chitalpas so. they seem over the desert yeah willows a little bit neater, as far as neater look right yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm super excited about that one too. So. Marjorie, we appreciate you telling us about all of these new plants that are coming out. Uh before we let you go though, uh what does the supply look like this year? Are we gonna be able to get all of these wonderful things? 
Yes, actually, I feel like the supply has gotten better. You know, we were such, we tightened down so much during 2020 and, and 2021 was tough. Last year was easing up a little bit better. And this year, pretty much I've been able to get everything that I've ordered. There's only been a few things, but everything that I've mentioned here, I have, will have in stock. And um, so I think the supply is getting better <laughs> as we go. Good so. news. Well, thank you again so yeah. much for being with us and uh, sharing these new You're varieties. Welcome. And again, You're you bet. And on the line with us has been Marjorie Ross from Willard Bay Gardens, uh, sharing with us the new and unusual perennials that are out this year. We need to take a break. We'll be back with your calls and questions. Number to call 801-575-8255. Text us at 57500. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. Thank you for spending your Saturday with the KSL Greenhouse. Maria, Ton, and Liz with you this morning, taking your calls, 801-575-8255. Text us your questions at 57500. Uh, Next listener, guys, says they need plants, trees, shrubs that are south-facing, sun-tolerant, drought-tolerant, and can be slightly neglected. (laughs) Well, that might be a big list. That is a lot of asks, <laughs> but there are options. Did they say how big the plants, did it say both trees and shrubs? They did, both trees and shrubs. Looks like they're starting over and need a drought-tolerant yard that they're not going to have a whole lot of time to take care of. Well, I mean, as far as trees, a couple I'll throw out there are the uh, hot wings maple and the uh, rugged charm maple are two that aren't going to get too big, that have pretty good fall color, that are quite pretty. And then they could look at also maybe some of the hawthorns and crab apples. There are many good crab apples that don't drop fruit or are fruitless. And then the hawthorns do get some thorns on them, but they are really drought hardy trees once they're established. They won't survive on rainwater but they'll be fine being deep watered every couple of weeks. Liz, do you have some suggestions? I'm actually kind of racking my brain. I'm wondering, um, I really like hot wings maple. That's a really beautiful one. And then um, I just, I wonder how drought tolerant they mean. Yeah. And we, we need to, because there is that spectrum of going from, watering once a week, which is considered water-wise, to surviving on rainwater. And I'm assuming that there's going to be some irrigation back there. And so I was thinking Rose of Sharon would be a shrub that is still very pretty, that survives on being deep-watered once established every week to 10 days, even a little longer than, uh, you know, most shrubs, just being what they are, we overwater them and they'll be fairly water wise. But do you have some that are even, you know, maybe survive every three or four weeks on water? Yeah, there's, I mean, and it depends on how big they want them to get. Like I, I actually highly would recommend 
and, and well, and, and how much coverage they need, right? Like, if, are they looking for evergreen? Are they just looking for basic? I really actually like uh, uh, Trident Sage and Rabbit Brush. Like, I, I know they're not, they're kind of like a half shrub, half perennial, but they'll, they, you could go a month without watering them. And then once they fill in, they'll be really good coverage, at least in the summertime. So that's a, that's a thought. I mean, they're very native and drought tolerant. There's also the desert, um, Ilex, the holly, and that one's super drought tolerant, like almost no rain, um, and I, and then, you know, from there you can kind of like, if you're looking at natives, which those three were that I just mentioned, then from there you can kind of, that's like the least amount of water. And then if you want more, if you're planning on adding more water in or willing to use more water, you can kind of move up from there. I also, as a side option, really enjoy using large wavy grasses if you're trying to block out stuff, at least in the summer. So like big miscanthus and stuff. I know it's not a shrub and you cut it down at the end of the winter, but they're super drought tolerant once they're established. And then, and then they're great big, huge and add a lot of texture if you're doing like a mixed border or something like that. Yeah. I, I think those are good suggestions. The other ones I would look at are there are so many junipers out there that, yeah, for sure. you know, we got used to the Fitzers and the Tams in the sixties and seventies that everybody hates now. And we associate junipers with overgrown 1970s type, you know, and people don't use them as much, but there are so many shrub junipers out there that you can get ground cover forms. You can get bush forms that only get two to three feet tall. And most of them will survive just fine being deep watered every three to four weeks and they're perfectly happy. And then some of them, once they're established, will survive just fine off rainwater. All right. We need to take a break. We'll be back with more of your calls and questions. Heath, you're up next on the phone lines. Number to call 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. Let's dig around town with KSL Greenhouse. Learn pruning basics with the USU Botanical Center. Join them for a walk and talk at the Ogden Botanical Center on pruning principles on Wednesday, March 15th from 4 to 5 p.m. Learn more at extension.usu.edu. Save the monarch butterfly one milkweed at a time with Redview Gardens on Tuesday, March 14th from 6 to 7 p.m. Join local monarch expert Rachel Taylor to learn about the current state of the monarch and why milkweed is critical to their survival. Register for the online class at redbuegarden.org. Learn the right way to grow healthy, nutritious vegetables while conserving water at the same time with Conservation Garden Park. The webinar on March 16th from 6 to 7 will cover techniques to be as water efficient as possible when installing and maintaining a vegetable garden. Sign up at conservationgardenpark.org. Now a look at this week's quick tip. Within the next week, it'll be time to start pruning roses. The most popular types of roses are Grandiflora, Florabunda, and Hybrid Tea. These are actually fairly easy to prune. What you want to do is cut them back to between knee and thigh height. After that, select three to four strong canes and leave them alone. Cut all of the other branches out and then you're done. You can also find the Dig Around Town calendar and more fun gardening info at kslnewsradio.com greenhouse. 
a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.